The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When Judas had left them, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and God will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. I will give you a new commandment, love one another. As I have loved you, so you also should love one another. This is how we will all know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Bienvenidos a la comunidad hispana de Glencove y los otra, los, las otras comunidades de hispana católica de Long Island que están aquí. Muchas gracias por la presencia. Es un tiempo, el mes de, de mayo es un tiempo muy importante de renovar nuestro amor por la Virgen María, de renovar nuestra Nuestra comprehensión de la intercesión de Our Lady of Fatima en Portugal. Es un tiempo de renovar nuestro amor por el Rosario. Uh, Papa Santa Juan Pablo II dice siempre que el Rosario es un... Rezamos el Rosario es un oración... Contemplativa es una oración bíblica. El rosario es muy importante por la paz en nuestras familias. Muchas, muchas gracias por la presencia aquí y también por la espíritu de evangelización católica de nuestra comunidad hispana de Glencove in the total Long Island. Muchas, muchas gracias. Brother Knights, wonderful to be with you, your wives, your family members, some of your grandsons, granddaughters. What a wonderful pilgrimage. And you chose well, didn't you? <laughs> to come to Diocese of Rockville Central, Long Island, and to be able to just take in the natural beauty of this shrine. And in the month of May, a place, a shrine dedicated in a certain sense, obviously, to Our Lady, but also the intercession and history of this great French saint, St. Louis Grignon de, de Montfort, whose true devotion to Mary is one of the great clear, uh, spiritual classics that leads us to the heart of Mary. On Friday, we celebrated the 105th anniversary of Our Lady appearing in Fatima, Portugal. 105 years, 1917 to 2022, the miracle of the sun, 
And there's Our Lady's prophetic teaching, her apparitions in Fatima, they are as relevant today in 2022 as they were in 1917. As we know, Our Lady of Fatima calls us to immediate conversion in the present moment, not to put it off next till next week, not till next month, not till next, the next decade, but to open ourselves to the power of the Holy Spirit transforming our hearts, a true metanoia. Our Lady of Fatima teaches us about the power of the rosary. The rosary is such a spiritual weapon. It is a biblical prayer because all the, think about the joyful mysteries, the sorrowful mysteries, the glorious mysteries, the luminous mysteries flowing through your souls biblically. What, how spiritually nourishing, how it animates and motivates Catholic evangelization. It is the rosary as a contemplative prayer. If there's something about that beautiful rhythm of the Hail Mary underneath as we meditate biblically on the mystery, the whole rhythm of the rosary is a contemplative rhythm. And so we go to Our Lady of Fatima today. We ask for conversion. But, you know, Our Lady of Fatima, she's both apocalyptic in salvation history, but she's also intensely practical and personal interceding for our families. The book of Revelation portrays her as crushing the serpent, crushing evil. And she is an intercessor to crush evil and sin in our lives and in the world. At the same time, she has that tender care for our marriages and our families. We see it in the mystery of the visitation. We see it in the mystery of the wedding feast of Cana in John 2. We also, as we pray here at this beautiful shrine, we place the people of Ukraine on this altar with us. Pope John Paul II always said, every Mass is celebrated on the altar of the world. We pray for refugees in Ukraine, Romania, Hungary, and so many other places. And we remember Our Lady in 1917 calling us to pray for the conversion of Russia calling us to pray in 2022 for the healing and the spirit of peace that is so critical to the world, what the world is facing right now, the inhuman massacres in Ukraine, the horrific stories against the gospel of human life. And so we go to Our Lady of Fatima with that kind of heart. And we remember that the architecture of global peace, it's an abstract word, isn't it? And sometimes we think it's awful, awfully naive to say it. But the architecture of global peace runs through the foundation of peace within our families, peace within our hearts. We go to Our Lady of Fatima for anything that in our family that needs to be healed, any history, trauma, anything that we've dealt with in our families. We ask Our Lady of Fatima for special graces today. The 14th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, our first reading, shows St. Paul and St. Barnabas strengthening the spirits of the disciples 
and exhorting them to persevere in the faith. They say, St. Paul and St. Barnabas, it is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. I'd like to reflect with you today about the mystery and the triumph and the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. We hear in the book of Revelation, Behold, I make all things new. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, the life, the Alpha and the Omega, the unique and only Redeemer of the world for all peoples, for all moments in history, for all cultures, leads us and guides us. His cross makes all things new. The hardships and crosses of life have a providential purpose in leading us to the kingdom of God. The power of the cross purifies us. The power of the cross helps us to understand what comes and goes in life and what really lasts and what is really important. You know, we can get so hung up on things that are ephemeral and don't really matter. The cross teaches us what's important and to grasp it. The power of the cross helps us to see life with the eyes of eternity. C.S. Lewis, author of Mere Christianity, The Screwtape Letters, and so many other great books of Christian apologetics, he said that the people who are most productive in life on this earth are the people who have a burning desire for heaven, a burning desire for eternal life, a burning desire to be with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit forever and ever and ever. Because when we have a burning desire for God and eternal life, our daily priorities, our daily to-do lists, those change quite a bit. No wonder that C.S. Lewis says, you want to be productive on this earth, in your family, in your work, in your volunteer activities, in your contributions, in your interior life? Have a burning desire for God and a burning desire for eternal life. The power of the cross helps us to, be to live heroically, courageously, and faithfully. Our Lord's commandment in the 13th chapter of the Gospel of John. Love one another as I have loved you, so you also should love one another. The cross deepens our Good Samaritan daily charity because it deepens our humility, our generosity, our fortitude, our tenacity to follow through on charity, and perseverance. Think of St. Paul. St. Paul's own life, you know it so well from the Acts of the Apostles and from his letters. Beatings, stonings, imprisonments, shipwrecks, and a thorn, a mysterious thorn in his flesh that kept him humble. It's all a testimony to the mysterious power of the cross do you remember the Acts of the Apostles where he's stoned and they leave him for dead? Did, did St. Paul roll over and say, that's it, I'm over, it's over for me? He got right back up after they left him for dead with all the stonings and wounds he had. We're called to follow in the path of Christ crucified that St. Paul in his intercession teaches us so much about. 
St. Paul was an effective and vibrant missionary because he lived Christ crucified, because he boasted in Christ crucified. Every cross he experienced was providentially designed to deepen his intimacy and mysticism with the Lord and to strengthen his missionary fortitude, perseverance, and generosity. In his spiritual journals, the Russian St. John of Kronstadt states, Who will not see the Prince of Anger in the torrent of human anger? Moreover, a man subject to irritability and anger clearly feels the presence of a hostile evil power in his heart. It produces in the soul quite the reverse of what has been said by the Savior of his own presence. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. The cross of our Lord Jesus Christ helps us to move from patterns of anger, impatience, selfishness, irritability, to patterns of humility, mercy, meekness, gentleness, especially in our everyday family life, where the biggest challenge is, as we all know. Today is a good day for, the examination, for an examination of conscience made through the horizontal and vertical beams of the cross of Christ. Am I surrendering to patterns of irritability, impatience, anger with my spouse, children, and family members? How can I live a deeper spirit of humility, kindness, gentleness, and mercy with my family members? How can I be really consistent in living that? How can I allow the Holy Spirit to deepen my interior life and embrace of the cross of Jesus Christ so that I can live humility, gentleness, and mercy at home? St. Paul and St. Barnabas also teach us that when we pick up our cross and follow Jesus, we at the same time are called to be Simons of Cyrene. Just as Simon of Cyrene helped Jesus to carry his cross on the road to Calvary, so we in union with Christ crucified are mysteriously able to help others to carry their crosses. In the life of every great saint, they were burdened. They were crushed by crosses. Terrible disappointments physical scourgings and beatings like the life of St. Paul, martyrdoms, misunderstanding, humiliations, persecution, contradictions. And right when they were carrying their heaviest, most soul-wrenching and body-wrenching crosses, they were able to reach out to those around them carrying the cross. They had the bridge from their own cross to the crosses of others. I happened to see St. Padre Pio in the beautiful uh, garden, you know, some of the many saints there. And Padre Pio, if you remember, had the stigmata. And so he's, you know, those stigmata, those wounds of Christ, those crosses he carried, the crosses of misunderstanding, uh, the crossings of being misunderstood even by, you know, Roman officials. Um, he lived that whole logic of being a Simon of Cyrene while you yourself are carrying painful crosses. We become teachers of the power of the cross 
because we have embraced the cross with love and trust and are witnesses to the love that flows from the cross and the light that streams from the glorified wounds of the risen Christ. May those same glorified wounds of the risen Christ touch the wounds of all those in Ukraine, Poland, Romania, Hungary, and just yesterday, the tragic shootings in Buffalo, New York, we remember all of them as well. May we embrace our crosses in union with the crosses carried by all and in all war-torn and violence-torn regions of the world. The French Catholic writer Charles Begee lived from 1873 to 1914, and he died in, as a soldier in World War I. He was very profound, and he was once asked what the Lord Jesus would ask each one of us at the moment of our death and individual judgment. As, Catholic believe, as Catholics, as we know, we believe in the last things. We believe at the moment of our death. We will look into the merciful eyes of Jesus Christ, and we will review with the Lord our entire life. And the Lord, with that wonderful spirit of divine mercy and justice, will review our lives with us. Pegui, echoing our Lord's parable of a good Samaritan, responded that our Lord's merciful and compassionate eyes would gaze into our ours, and he will ask this question. It's a very simple, short question. Where are the others? Where are the others? In other words, our Lord will ask us what we have done for our brothers and sisters, and in particular, what we have done for the poorest and least of them. <clears throat> Did we aid and serve them in their suffering, their hunger, and their health care needs? Or did we pass them by or ignore them like the priest and the Levite in the parable? In his 2020 encyclical Fratelli Tutti, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, states, the story of the Good Samaritan is constantly being repeated, and each day we have to decide whether to be Good Samaritans or indifferent bystanders. What I always love, Brother Knights, is there's no confusion in your lives. You're making the decision each and every day to be Good Samaritans for the global mission of the Catholic Church. Whether it's the beautiful work you've done in the Holy Land or the beautiful work you're presently doing in Ukraine. We are so very proud of you and I am so proud to be a brother knight. The question about where are the others, there's a question within the question. Where are the unborn? Where are the elderly? Where are those that our society increasingly looks upon as disposable with no rights and no recognition of their humanity? Pope Francis writes once again in Fratelli Tutti, some parts of our human family, it appears, can be readily sacrificed for the sake of others considered worthy of a carefree existence. Ultimately, persons are no longer seen as a paramount value to be cared for and respected especially when they are poor and disabled, quote, not yet useful, like the unborn, or, quote, no longer needed, like the elderly. Part of our response to the Lord 
will be an account of what we did in the course of our lives to defend and promote the life of the unborn and the elderly in the public square, especially in New York State, where the so-called Reproductive Health Act not only permits abortion till the moment of birth, but goes beyond that to permit forms of infanticide. How do we possibly tolerate that? How in the last two weeks have this, the statements and letters of public officials be chilling in their endorsement of the culture of death? I urge you to read the New York State Catholic Bishop Statement issued this week entitled Toward a Pro-Life Future in the Empire State. It is available on the Diocesan website, drvc.org, as well as the New York State Catholic Conference website. Uh, Brother Knights, um, this is required reading from the Bishop of the Diocese of Rockville Center. <laughs> on behalf of all your bishops, okay, it's really important that you read this, you internalize it, and then you do the magic that you all do. Every time we ask for you to be in the public square, do you ever say no? No, you never do. You're always there. Whether it's vocations to the Catholic priesthood, the gospel of human life, our Catholic social justice teaching internationally, you are always there. Please, this early in this week, we need you to read this and to activate and motivate. We all must be also aware of the clear and present danger that exists to the religious liberty and conscience rights of all Americans. Really need you to pay attention to this. This is a clear and present danger for our American principles. The Federal Health and Human Services Super Rule, which is currently being proposed and discussed, if implemented as some are advocating, would purport to require doctors, nurses, and staff members, for instance, at Catholic Health's six sites on Long Island, to perform abortions, sterilizations, IVF procedures, and transgender surgeries, which we as Catholics believe to be immoral and against the common good. I ask all of us here today, and all of us who, those who are with us through streaming, to be informed and to be prayerfully active in the public square to prevent and defeat what would be a tragic decision and direction of our country and a complete violation of the American principles we hold so dear as Americans. Long live the gospel of human life. Long live Catholic Health's witness and eloquent testimony to the gospel of human life in healthcare on Long Island. Long live the Catholic Church's prophetic witness the gospel of human life in the United States of America and throughout the world. Long live the religious liberty and conscience rights of all Americans and all citizens of the world. God bless you, Knights of Columbus in New York State. We are really counting on you. Thank you.